0: Blog Talk Radio. your host today. Well, you already know, owning a company is complex. When you add employees to the mix, things get even more complex. Whether you have one employee or 10,000 employees, it can be difficult keeping it all together. Well, that's where everything HR comes in. We do one thing, HR. And this Owner to Owner podcast is designed to keep you up to date on the latest HR trends, and discuss the things that keep you up at night. But more importantly, you get the opportunity to hear best practices from other business owners that have been in your shoes. So I invite you to take a look at all of our upcoming podcasts. Today's topic is hiring and retaining an an older workforce. Now let me give you a disclaimer. We are not promoting one group over another one. We're HR. We understand that we have laws that we have to abide by, and so we cannot look at and say, we're gonna look at this one age group and pick them because then we would be committing age discrimination. So there are laws in place that we have to follow. So as we look at this particular age group, we're looking at them as to where they fit in your organization and what role they can play in your organization, okay? Now companies nationwide, are preparing for a mass exodus of retiring employees. Roughly 10,000 baby boomers retire each day. Combine that with the recent labor shortage, companies are not willing to lose that knowledge and that experience that this group of individuals actually hold. And so what I would like to take a look at today is how these experienced workers can be an asset to your business and how you can take a look at them either on a part-time basis or take a look at restructuring the way they look at retirement, go into a phase retirement. Presently, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, this age group has the lowest unemployment than any other age group. Now We know that three-quarters of the workforce is made up of those under the age of 60, however, this age group, 65 to 74, will continue through 2024, based on the Bureau of Labor Statistics, that have the lowest unemployment than any other age group. And they also are predicted during that same time frame to grow much faster as far as being in demand in the current workforce. And the main reason for that, as I mentioned earlier, is that businesses do not want to lose that knowledge and experience that that group of individuals have brought to each of their organizations. And so what I would like to take a look at, where can you utilize that group? I truly believe in a diverse workforce. I believe that it is very beneficial to any and every organization. If you take a look at, I think when I wrote my book, Hiring to Drive Business, At that time we had four different generations all in the workforce, and right now we have five generations in the workforce um, at one time. And being able to utilize and mix those works groups all together makes for a better business practice for you and for your organization and a better experience for your customer base. When we look at some of the characteristics of that particular age group, we look at consistency. And let me just take a step back again and say we don't want to take a look at this and say we're going to paint everybody with the same brush. They're all viewed the same way. We know that that's not true. There's always going to be exceptions to the rule. So when we look at the cultural concept of this particular group and we look at the image of this particular uh, age group, keep that in mind as we are actually, you know, covering this topic today. But to go back to my precept of uh, what I had written in my book a couple of few years ago now, actually, well, I took a look at how you can utilize each age group and be able to mix them up together. Those that were in the traditionalist age group, they were known to be very consistent. They were those that believed in um, they had a work ethic where they went to work, they did their job, and they expected, you know, to perform well. They were they did exactly what they were told. All they were looking for was direction. And once you gave them direction, they wanted you to basically get out of their way and allow them to do the job. And they did the job to the best of their ability. Um, and then we had the baby boomers. The baby boomers were those that were considered to be workaholics. If you didn't work a 60- or 80-hour work week, they looked at you as being lazy, essentially. And so that age group is the age group that's presently in retirement or retiring. And so companies do not want to lose the knowledge and the skill set that that group has gained. And it's very beneficial to pair them up. We know that next week, our next topic on next week is going to talk about millennials and, and some of the myths that out there with millennials, that they are very tech savvy, even though they grew up in a technological area for, for right now. We want to take a look at and see they are not into presentation as baby boomers their their communication skills is not at that at the same level as a baby boomer. So being able to pair up a millennial or someone else in whatever other age group that may not have very good presentation skills, pairing them with a with a with a baby boomer would be an excellent idea um, for you to do that. Baby boomers are known for giving presentations and standing out because they want to present their knowledge. They they don't mind giving of, of what they know and sharing what they know. We know that um, traditionalists as well as baby, boom, baby boomers are looked at as having strong values when it comes to work and their company. We know that there's a strong sense of, of teamwork there within that group. And so when we start to look at how can this older workforce benefit your company, what area are you in, you know, that you may need that skill set or need those qualifications in an individual that you can uh, take a look at and say, maybe this is someone that I need to take a look at or recruit or put out recruiting efforts there within that, those areas to find those individuals? Or do I need to start a program that maybe that I can hold on to those individuals already in my, my organization and somewhat recreate uh, what retirement looks like for them. Right now businesses have done a number of different things in order to actually keep that workforce. One of them is the phase retirement, as I mentioned earlier, and the way that that works is basically you would come up with a plan where instead of that person completely retiring, Maybe they only work one or two days a week, and they're off the other three. Um maybe they have more of an extended vacation where maybe they had earned up to four weeks' vacation, but now you may give them three months off um at a time so that or they work half a year so that you keep them engaged and involved in your organization and it works. The phase vacation works in a number of different ways for each company, based on your business and and your business model and what your needs are. The other thing that they've done, a lot of organizations have introduced things such as return to work. Um, A lot of organizations have decided to say, uh, if we have a workforce that has retired, and they're looking to get back reengaged because they realize, you know, maybe I retired too young. And so they're looking to get reengaged back into the workforce, and a number of large organizations have decided to actually put together a return-to-work workforce so that those individuals can get re and they can really enhance or hold on or keep their current skill set, and those employers actually want that. There are benefits to actually tapping into those individuals, that are in that position and willing to, to stay engaged in the workforce and within the industry too as well is the fact that for some of them, money is not the primary thing. And so even though you may think that it, you may not be able to afford them as a small business owner, that may be your prime target to help you take the company to the next level that you're looking to actually um, go and, and in a more economical way because they're, only, they're realizing they have their retirement, they've worked for their retirement, they're offset um, on that side, and they're just looking for something to stay engaged within the industry itself. And so that is a very good option for those that may need that particular skill set in their industry or in their workforce. The other thing um, that I would like to bring up is the fact that a lot of companies have responded to basically the demographics, understanding that we do have an older workforce, understanding that this workforce that's out there, I mean, the 65 to 74 today is not the same 65 to 74 30, 40 years ago. A lot of these individuals are very capable physically, mentally, and intellectually to stay engaged in the workforce, and being able to tap into that and stay engaged in that is an awesome, awesome thing. We do understand that with this particular age group, we want to be able to capitalize on on succession planning with them. It gives you an opportunity if you decide to put in um, somewhat of an extended or a reworked uh, retirement, um, it gives you the opportunity to do succession planning, give them the, the ability to train their successor. Those programs work very well with taking your, your organization to the next level um, to make sure that that knowledge, again, that knowledge and skill set does not just walk out the door and it's lost. You have the ability to actually um, tap into it. Let them be a part of your team to, to either lead your team, guide your team. And basically, allow them to start writing some of your SOPs, your spending operating procedures. Um, it's very good when you know that an individual is getting close to retirement to start asking them about the best practices, asking them to start putting writing those down so that others can pick those up and take them forward um, as your organization grows and your organization um, needs that knowledge and needs that experience. The other thing that I would strongly recommend is during that, the open communication, tap into that, um, of that particular age group, is knowing that they don't mind sharing. Sharing is an awesome thing. They love, you know, one of the characteristics I talked about in my book is they love talking about their accomplishments. They love talking about what they've done. They love talking about their work. Their work means a lot to them. And so take advantage of that. Take advantage of being able to share that knowledge throughout your organization. Give them positions where they can shine um, so that they do stay engaged and allow them to increase the engagement throughout your organization. The other thing that I would strongly recommend is um, make sure that they have the tools um, that they need around them to keep them in that semi-retirement mode. And when I say that, if they, you know, need to build in um, some where form of maybe they want to work from home, some flex time, the ability to either come in later or earlier, um, most of them like to come in earlier, um, not later, and give them that option, give them the option to work weekends. Um, they're very capable of that. Remember, this is the group that loves to work the 60 to 80 hours a week. And so make certain that you have those options available to them, are able to discuss them with them. Remember, for those individuals, there are also those that, yes, there are some that's looking for just something to stay engaged, but they're also, and this is the financial side of me saying. There are also those that are in that, that age group that hasn't properly prepared for retirement. And so they're looking for the longer hours. That group may not mind going, you know, to work a, a full 40-hour work week um, there for them. And for those, you may just have to extend out to them the longer or extra vacation or the flex time. They're not looking to be part-time. They're looking to go ahead and build their retirement so that later on they can comfortably retire and have the desired income um, in which they're looking for. You also have to realize a lot of the baby boomers are in what we call the sandwich generation, which basically they are responsible for not only children that may be in college or grandchildren, but they also may be responsible for parents. And so they're in that sandwich generation whereas they are caught um, in in being able to support them. And so having the ability to work for your organization and maybe still collect a pension or have their 401 and receiving income from their previous employer as well as from you would also help them financially if they were still engaged with an organization. And so that also gives you another reason to take a look at that particular group, and know that they're dependable. I think one of the main things that I hear time and time again from business owners in the recruitment process with other age groups—I'm not going to name any—was that they will put out um, a job or description or look for put on some of the job boards out there and the first thing that takes place, they get tons of applicants um, applying, and they'll go through the effort of scheduling a interview with them, and they have tons of no-shows. And that is very frustrating, um, because they set aside time out of their day to interview these candidates in their no-shows. And as we can see from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, this group is in high demand. This group is not looking to, you know, not show up. They are very serious about working. And so that may be one way of you reducing your no-shows as well as decreasing your, your time of hire. That's one of the metrics that we actually follow. What's the time to fill a particular position? And also your recruiting costs. It's one of those things that we can uh, take a look at in recruiting, you know, that workforce and getting an immediate response from them reduces the amount of your time to fill and your recruiting too, as well. And that's a win-win always um, when we're looking at your recruiting efforts. The other thing that we would like to um, remind you of is with this particular group, this group is very good at looking at your organization and saying that they're a part of it. They take pride in the organization that they're working for and they take ownership. They believe in being accountable because their work means so much to them uh, that they want to make certain that it's, you get credit as an organization in that they get credit for the work that's being done. And so keep that in mind. It's very good to openly reward them. There's nothing wrong with saying if they did a very good job, make sure you go all out with the rah-rah for this particular group because that that means a lot to this group because they put their everything. They define themselves by their work. Uh, the other thing that you want to keep in mind with this particular workforce is the fact that there are a number of different organizations that are out there that you can that provide assistance for them. AERP has opened up has an entire foundation set aside just for that workforce to assist them with their resume writing and interviewing skills and everything from from nuts to boats in the recruitment process for them. There are a number of community organizations that are out there that you can reach out to that can put you in contact with other individuals. I know we've had success with looking at some of the senior communities um, for candidates that may be looking for work. They just want something to do. And so if you have a position that is, you know, be it something for a very high skill set or something that's for a very modest skill set, Those organizations and places you might want to start to take a look at and think about, especially if if it's something that, a position or a job that you need someone that can be very dependable. The other thing that we want to take a look at, let's look at some of the cultural aspects as to how, you know, and why we like this group or why it looks as if the workforce based on the, the Bureau of Labor Statistics like this particular workforce. I mentioned earlier about the strong values. Um, Values actually frame them. They look at strong values from the company standpoint. They always want to work for a company that have a strong value base and something that they feel that they can get behind. That's something that was carried over from their traditionalist parents and and spread down to them. Um, that's very important to them. They always want to work for a company that they feel that they can get behind and one that they feel that is but can be behind them too as well. because work means a lot to them. The other thing is that they felt um, from a cultural standpoint, and these are perceived cultural content. So let's let's make that clear again. I want to give that disclaimer and I can't give it enough. The older workforce is perceived to have, uh, these particular uh, qualities is their multi level dedication and loyalty. Um, they have a sense of partnership with you and with the organization, and that falls right in line with the strong values um, that the company has as well as the strong values that they have with, for themselves and, and that they felt within themselves. And, and the next thing would actually be open communication. They want to communicate with the leaders of the organization. They want to hear your mission and your vision because they're looking to adopt that and run with that. They need to be able to fill that. They want that big picture and want to realize that, you know, they get it. They can adopt that. The problem that you will have with that workforce is the fact that if they can't, if you don't actually give them what your mission and your vision is of your organization, they will not be able to fully get behind your organization. So if you bring this workforce in, you have to make sure that your mission and your vision is very, very clear for them. Um, Because otherwise, they will struggle because it's going against their grain and their beliefs and their values. You have to give them the opportunity for socialization and for community involvement. And when I say that, you have to realize they are very high productivity people. And with that productivity, there has to be human interaction with them because most of them have to be able to demonstrate their worth. Um, Because remember, they tie their worth to their work. And so there's a worth ethic tied to their work ethic. And so we have to be certain that they have the socialization and the community involvement in order to demonstrate that throughout your organization Um, because that, for them, gives them the sense of worth that they are actually looking for uh, within the organization and within the work that they have um, signed up to do for you. The other thing um, that... We want to take a look at some of the traits are the fact that they are long-term commitment. They're reliable. Again, if you look or you have a position that you really want or need someone to make sure that they're there on time and that that person is reliable, they're, they're not going to be calling in, they're not going to be late, you don't have to be micromanaging them. They're not going to be sitting around looking for something to do or surfing the Internet all day with nothing to do or you don't have to worry about them on their cell phones or texting all day. You need them to actually perform. That's the group that you need to look for um, for that particular position within your organization. And those qualities are qualities we should have in all, across all generational lines. So just to throw that in there as an HR person, because all those other things obviously are HR issues um, if you don't have them. And so how do we actually locate these individuals? We tried to try if we narrowed it down that, yes, we do need this group in our workforce. Yes, we can utilize the diversity. Yes, we can capitalize on having them to work alongside someone else to bring their qualities in, and yes, I don't want to, you lose that knowledge or that um, experience that this particular group has in my organization. Where can I locate them? Where can I find them? As I mentioned earlier, you have the AERP Foundation, but you also have employee referrals. Don't overlook the fact that every employee and every person that you know has someone within their nucleus that they can tap into or know of within that age group that may be looking for a job and that may be able to or has the skill set that you're looking for if you don't already have it within your organization.
1: And if you have it
0: within your organization, nine times out of ten, they may know someone else um, within their same field that may be at another company or retired from another company. Um, So don't hesitate to actually install an employee referral program. Employee referral programs are an awesome thing because now you've done two things. Number one, you can reward the current employee for a successful referral, okay, and the way that an, an employee referral program would work is that you're willing to actually compensate um, either financially or some type of other benefit um, an employee that actually refers someone to the organization. I highly recommend that if you do a, an employee referral program, you put some type of stipulation on there. You don't immediately give um, whatever the reward is to them uh, when that new hire comes aboard. You base it on the performance of that new hire. So maybe that person has to be there, you know, three months or something of that nature, complete a 90 day program, and then upon that, uh, the reward is given to the employee for the referral. But at the same time, you also are, are, for the new hire, they're walking in the door with a real image of your organization they real they've gotten insight from that employee as to the organization. So they're not walking in cold. They know exactly what they're coming into. As well as now they have someone that can act as a coach or a mentor to them and give them direction. And so they're they're very easy it's easier for them to get acclimated to your organization than someone coming in fresh off of the street. The other thing, a place that you can actually look for, look for community partners or look to collaborate with those within your community. Um, For example, you may have some type of center for the aging in your organization or in your community, I should say, that you can take a look at. As I mentioned earlier, various senior senior centers that you can take a look at and actually go in and maybe talk to them. A lot of them have HR representatives. They're on site. And they may allow your organization to actually come in and talk to the, their residents. Um, they're about your open positions that you do have. Or they might be more than happy to actually post your job openings on a job board or something um, that's inside of their dining room or activity center there for them is another option. The other thing that you can do is take a look at your putting together some type of recruitment pool um, for volunteers. Um, that works very, very well um, when you go to either churches or various associations um, that whatever particular position or job that you're trying to fill may be affiliated with. Um, I personally can think of a number of individuals that fall within that age group. And what they've done is they want to give back to the community at this point. Um, And so they're willing to share their knowledge. They're willing to share their experience with other businesses, especially small businesses. So they're willing to come in and do complimentary training. And they may just ask you to donate something to their favorite charity or something of that nature. And so keep that in mind there as you're looking at this workforce for as, as a recruitment strategy. The other thing that you may want to do is actually form a formal uh, recruitment program that's focused and directed on this particular age group. Now, you're going to say, we said, I thought you said we can't just target one particular group. No, you cannot target just one particular group. Um, but you do—you are aware that all companies, you know, they try to put out a casting wide net. You will see them on college campuses all over there and, and recruiting them. And they bring them all in. And so this is just a part of casting that wide net out there in order to bring everyone in from all age groups so you can pick. Who is the best candidate for that particular position? The other thing that you want may want to do, you may just decide to take a look at a placement agency for the agent for those in that age group. There are agencies out there that actually assist this particular age group with finding employment, and so you may want to tap into them to allow them to assist you with your recruiting efforts. Keep in mind that going that route is just the same as hiring any other recruiter. And so you want to be certain that you understand the terms of their recruiting policies and what you're receiving. Um, I always, always, always advise employers that you make certain that there is some type of refund or some that's attached to if the candidate does not work out. Do you get your money back? Or do they find you a replacement without any additional charges? Those are the things that when you're working with a recruiter, you want to be certain that you're aware of and that it's agreed upon ahead of time, not after, before you get engaged. These things should be worked out in the beginning. The other thing, um, when you're engaging a recruiter, you want to talk about are there going to be any assessments? Do you want these candidates assessed? You also want to talk about who's going to be paying for the assessments, who's going to be paying for the background checks to actually qualify them. And you want to, you know, clarify with them um, as far as what is the lead time for them filling your position and have they filled other similar positions for other companies or organizations um, too as well. And so very much do your homework um, when you're engaging with a uh, recruiter. Other retention strategies, as I stated, I've talked a lot about the phased or modified retirement options. You can create your own. That, as i stated before when you're doing that you want to do it according to what is your business model what is your strategic plan if you've done this correctly you want to the option to be able to say okay you know you're coming up for retirement in x number of years or whatever the time frame may be you want to start succession planning and there's a difference between succession planning and replacement okay if an individual is no longer they quit your organization or something of that nature, are you just replacing that person? Because that's a replacement. If you hire someone else, that's a replacement. Succession planning is your planning for the future. That's the difference in the two, in replacement and succession. Succession has to do with the future. Replacement has to do with an immediate need. And so keep that in mind when you're looking at your older workforce. As I stated earlier, the other thing that you are able to do is take a look at the your benefits package, especially if you have that older workforce that is a part of that sandwich generation. What other benefits can you offer or extend to them? If they're in that 65 to 74, you know, age range, as the Bureau of Labor Statistics stated, They're over 70 and a half. They probably do not want to continue contributing to a 401 k especially if they stop working, because that's when what kicks in is called a, a required minimum distribution RMD, which is something that everyone has to start taking a distribution every single year from their retirement plan once they hit that magic number of 70 and a half. And so for some of them that may already be at that age, um, they may not necessarily want the contribution to the 401k, but they may want something else. And so, find out what that is, and there from a compensation standpoint, and see how that may be a little bit more accommodating for them or to them. The other great thing about that particular age group—they are ever learning. They are always constantly looking to to learn more, and so. Don't be hesitant in offering them something in terms of professional development or professional growth. Get them involved in seeing what areas that they feel that they can add to your organization that they're willing to even learn more about. But at the same time, be able to take that and harness that and share it with the rest of your organization. You want to, you know, always, always, Keep the knowledge internal and keep the experience internal as much as possible so that it stays within the organization and that it can, you know, be a part of your strategic plan as you continue. The other thing um, that we stated is the fact that for some of you that may be looking to, you know, expand into other places, Um, We're located here in Michigan, and we have what we call our snowbirds, where basically they either go to Florida or they go to Arizona for the winter um, because we can't have bad winters here in Michigan. Presently that has not happened, um, thankfully enough, but it will surely come. We're at the end of January, um, but I'm sure it's going to come. But what we can do is take a look at, Can that individual work remotely or is that individual capable enough of running another office in another state for you? Um, Understand, they're in that retirement mode and so they may have children that live in another area or grandchildren that's in another area that they desire to just spend more time with, but they still want to stay active, they still want to be involved professionally. And so this may give you an opportunity to expand out into a whole nother region. Um, I can tell you that's what happened to me there with, on, on the financial side of our business, being able and knowing that I had a, a compliance officer who was looking at basically retiring um, and came at the right time for me. So it, it allowed us to be able to establish an office, you know, on the West Coast. Um, and who's fully capable. And so we're able to have an East Coast presence here in Michigan, and we're able to have a West Coast presence um, there in California um, because he's capable of of managing that. And so I would say take a look at that. Take a look and see if that's an option for your organization. Is that something that would work for you and give you the exposure that you're looking for there on on, your strategic plan going forward in the long term. Secondly, you want to, you know, ask yourself the question, what motivates them? And that means you have to take the time to get to know them. That means that if you don't take the time to get to know the individual and what motivates them, what drives them, you may not be able to actually harness that knowledge and that experience Experience that you're looking to harness and glean from them. And while I'm on this particular subject, it's very important that you have your processes and procedures irregardless of the age group. Um, they're in a place where everyone can access them. Where if you had a new employee that started today, they should be able to go to your SOPs and do the job from start. To finish, And so if you don't have those things set in place, I would highly recommend you start writing them down and start asking everyone in your organization to start writing them down and start putting all of those things together so that you actually have them. Just to kind of recap what we've went over and what we've discussed, we've taken a look at some of the cultural contacts there for the older workforce. We've taken a look at some of the recruiting strategies. We've taken a look at some of the retention strategies. And we've also taken a look at um, some of the ways in which you're able to use them. And I want to take a moment to just kind of go back a little bit and, and explore the multicultural aspect or the multigenerational aspect of having a diverse workforce. When you have a diverse workforce, you're able to literally have best practices within your organization from a number of different perspectives, a number of different life experiences. And there's nothing more rewarding than being able to bring a group of individuals into a room and discuss your product and service based on their own view or their own world and what that does, you really want a workforce that looks just like your customer base, acts just like your customer base, has the wants and needs of your customer base. And so with a diverse workforce, you have the ability to have your own built-in focus group is the way that I look at it a lot of times. And that only adds To your organization. It does not take it away from your organization. And so, being able to have a diverse workforce where you can present your ideas um, before you actually put your strategy into place um, is an awesome thing. Being able to hear their input and make the necessary changes um, to your product or service before you actually launch it. Um, it would be save a lot of money for you and the organization, as well as it helps maintain the image of your organization. We never want to put out an inferior product and or service um, and bring it to market. We always it to have to do an internal task um, of it, and having a diverse workforce allow you to do those internal tasks. One of the other things um, about having a multi-generational workforce is the fact that you're able to build internal relationships. A lot of times, we have individuals that they are in their own island. And by having a multi-generational workforce, it gives them another look um, into the world of, of other individuals, and you're able to plant seeds of growth and culture and diversity in them, and another way of viewing and seeing things. One of the wonderful things about having a multi-generational workforce is the conflict resolution and problem-solving skills that it instills in an individual because they're able to agree to disagree or they're able to actually see another way or view of looking at a problem or looking at your product and or service and that's one thing that helps you when it comes to your strategy planning. And you're doing your strategic planning for your product or service indoor business overall. Um, that built-in focus group can help you along the way. One of the other things that I would like to mention about the multi-generational workforce, it helps destroy a lot of stereotypes. Um, which is one of the reasons why throughout the presentation I continue to say we are not going to paint everybody with the same brush and say everybody falls into this category and everybody operates and works this way. That just is not true. And so when we talk about the various age groups where you see information out there on the, the, the various age groups, keep in mind these are just generalized statements. These are not things that definitely this is this person. I'm not a baby boomer, but I do have baby boomer traits, and probably one of the reasons for that is because all of my siblings are baby boomers. And so I grew up with surrounded by baby boomers. And so naturally your environment plays a part in making up who you are as a person. And so that's one aspect of makeup that makes us up from an individual standpoint. One of the things that we want to keep in mind as I stated, just be very sensitive um, to every individual. recognizing that we all have our own personalities and that no one is perfect and that when we are, are we're human resources and we're just that human and knowing that in being human everyone's going to make mistakes. And we live in a culture, we grew up in a time frame where things were considered to be there's a right and there's a wrong. Well, when you're in a work environment, at times there's looking, you you need to change that philosophy and say, look at things as being, this is a learning opportunity. I believe I mentioned on the last uh, podcast that we have to, to stop and say, hmm, I learned just as much. From my failures as I do from my successes. And if we take a look at them, we look at the Etsel fours, we look at, you know, basketball players and how many shots they missed before they were able to perfect the shot. We take a look at so many other examples out there that their failures is what propel them to success. And so when we're looking at individuals, let's not just automatically toss them away. Let's see if there's potential to be able to work with them. And in our world, we call that a performance improvement plan. That is not a bad thing. That's a good thing. It gives that individual the opportunity to, you know, increase their their performance. And it also gives them the opportunity to have a coaching session or a direct line into an individual for assistance. And you get to know a little bit more about them. And they understand that it's up to them to do the performance, um, that they have to perform. But as an employer, it's up to us to give them the tools that they need to perform. So we want to, you know, be mindful of that. Um, too, as well, as we look at a multi-generational workforce. And understanding this particular older workforce, they're awesome coaches and mentors. That's, they, they've done that, you know, so, they've done so much throughout their work career that they, they, at this point in time in their life, they're honored to be a coach. They're honored to be a mentor. To someone else, um, for a lot of them, that's their legacy. They're, they'll look at that. That's their legacy to being able to share their experiences and their knowledge with those individuals. Okay. Now we've talked about all of the wonderful qualities and things that they have, but yes, is there a downside to it? Absolutely. This particular age group, because they they're so involved in and. In their work ethic, W-O-R-K ethic, equals their worth, W-O-R-T-H ethic, um, and the way they view themselves. If you decide to change or alter your vision or your business strategy, and if they, are, they don't buy into it, they do not mind questioning authority. and. They do not mind um, telling you, you know, that that's not the right direction. So following direction and following your lead, if they're not convicted by it, they're not going to just follow. They're not like their traditional parents. The traditional parents would have just followed you. You know, they're okay with it. Just tell them what to do and they're going to continue to do it. They're, the baby boomer children, they are not just going to do it. So that's one of the downsides there to this particular group. And so you may have to work at getting their buy-in and getting them to see the bigger picture, okay? And so that may take a little bit more effort on your part to do that. Otherwise, they will challenge authority. And that's something that they pass on to their millennial children, Uh, uh, grandchildren, I should say. And so what you want to do for the most part um, is talk with them. Get them to be a part of the mission and the vision if you decide to make changes within your organization is one of the things that I would highly recommend. Once you get their buy-in and they're sold on it, they're they will take the bull by the horns, and they will bring everyone else along. And they will be great communicators for your vision and putting your vision out there amongst the rest of your workforce and bringing them along. And that's where you can use their experience as being presenter and presenting it out to the rest of your workforce and getting buy-in from the rest of your workforce. Um, is a great place to actually utilize that individual. The other thing that I would highly recommend that you do for them is make certain that if you have a change of your mission or your vision, that this individual has a place. They know where they fit within that mission and within that vision. Um, They need to know you know, exactly what their role is to be in fulfilling that mission and that vision because they want to be able to celebrate those successes. That's important to them. It's important that they can celebrate the success of the, the, the mission and the vision of your organization. Um, and as I stated earlier, if you fail to reward them and acknowledge their accomplishments, they will not remain engaged with your organization. And so some kind of way, you have to build in um, the opportunity for them to shine. And so make sure that you keep that in mind, too, as well. Next week's broadcast will actually be on millennials and why they are so stressed out. And so I truly invite you to come back and join us on next week. Uh, for that podcast, it will be a discussion um, with a group of millennials, and they're going to talk about a number of the different myths and a number of different challenges that they're ex- they experience on a day-to-day basis. And we also will, on the following week, um, we will have a group of employment attorneys. Um, we'll have three attorneys from Littler, a law firm, and Littler is the largest employment law firm um, here in the U.S. They have offices in all 50 states. And so I invite you to truly tap into that, uh, Call in for any questions or email us any questions that you may have for them. For some um, organizations, especially small companies, you may not have a law firm there on site. You may not have one that you can... Uh, call into or without having on retainer. So I advise you to take advantage of the ability to get um, advice and questions from them directly. We will be talking about um, the employment laws for 2019 that have taken effect and sharing some of the trends that are going across the country um, and giving you history on those trends. We also uh, will give you the opportunity to Email us, too, as well, even afterwards if we don't get to all of them. And, again, I do thank you for joining us this morning, discussing hiring and maintaining a mature workforce. And if at any time you have any questions or concerns for us, please, please go to our website, www.everythinghr.net, and go into Ask an Everything HR Expert, and we'll be more than happy to address your questions.